here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Shuttle Drive. I'm your host, Wade Harrison. And today's episode, I have my, my Alabama buddy, uh, Mr. Adam Goshorn from down around Alabama. Adam, buddy, how's it going, man? Good, man. Doing well. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too shabby. You know, I, I've been watching around and um, I've been wanting to, to chat with you for a while because you started something new. Um, is, is it true you're doing some retail? I know, right? Like I always swore I wasn't going to work in the industry because I was already like in it. But yeah, no, I started a little retail operation down here and um, actually sitting in the shop right now. Got some okay. boats and gear, and but it's a little non-traditional retail. So um, basically my concept is like super low overhead, not buying or leasing expensive commercial real estate not paying somebody hourly to sit here um, because I, I just don't think very many people, you know, walk-in traffic isn't springing for a $1,600 boat. That is true. Like, <laughs> you know, unless you're in the perfect location, unless you're NOC or some, you know, at the perfect location, I don't know that the traditional model works if you're only going to sell whitewater kayaks and gear, you know, that, which is what I'm trying to do. That's a tough sell. Yeah. Um, it is. I'm, I'm yeah. not trying to sell puffy jackets and, you know, yeah. those other things that, that uh, you got to do to get by if you're going to do that traditional retail route. That's true. So, what a, uh, what's the name of your, what's the name of it here for everybody listening? Yeah, it's Downhill Kayaking. And we're on Facebook and Instagram is Downhill Kayaking and working on a webpage, but it's not up yet. It will eventually be at downhillkayaking.com. We got the domain name, but no, yeah. no website yet. Is let's see uphill. Would I guess uphill kayaking would be attainments, right? <laughs> I'm not into that. I like gravity on my side. <laughs> I like to go downhill. No, it's it's kind I of funny. Agree. We started you. We started using that name like a while back to describe the type of kayaking we liked. You know, it's like single track downhill mountain biking, but in a kayak. You know, Pretty small much. creeks, slides, and stuff. And <laughs> gravity's anyway. your friend. Yeah. Yeah, I well, like um, it. I like it. What brands could they expect? Like what brands do you kind of deal with now? Right now, the only, we're doing new and used boats, but the only new boats we're carrying now are Piranha. We got their full lineup here at the shop, but uh, I got Coquitad and IR and Astral. Um, and let's see, let me look around here. All of the Salamander stuff and their accessories. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a uh, Shred Ready and Sweet. Um, really the only, the only brand I've, wanting to get in that I haven't yet is Warner. And that's just because they've paused Good luck. new dealer applications. That right? is true. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> they have paused new dealer applications, you know, until further notice because they're so backed up. So. Yeah. And it seems like NLC is the only one getting Warner right now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly not on the list <laughs> at all yet. So, but maybe sometime next year. Have I'll you looked also... in, um, have you looked at any other, other paddle brands? You know, there's, there's several other paddle brands. My buddy, Andrew, he's been dealing with Ophion paddles out of uh, yeah. Slovenia and um, Accent paddles, um, high water hobbies, uh, Don up there, he started bringing in select paddles. Have you looked at anything yeah. else? I have, I've looked at some and I've thought about it, you know, um, I don't know. I haven't been sold on any of those yet. You know, like I, I'm interested in some of them. I also don't want to have a, a bunch of inventory of any of those. If I suddenly can be a Warner dealer, cause they still, they still own the market in the Southeast. I mean, let's, not let's, that those other paddles aren't worthy, but that, that is true. That is true. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Letman, but that's a hard sell, you know, $650 kayak paddles are hard sales. 
I would not recommend you bringing yeah. a hundred of them in. <laughs> right, right. They'd be here for a while. Yeah. Um, well, man, that's awesome. And when you say used boats, so are you buying boats off of people or can they use it as a trade-in? Mostly trade-in. So we're trying to do, I say the, the Royal We. I am trying to do the old school, you know, boat model where, you know, people buy a boat for me. They, we throw it on the table here and outfit them here right at the shop and I take trade-ins. You know, it's like trading in a car. You'll get more for it if you sell it yourself. But I'll take a trade in on it as long as I think I can, you know, sell it later and make a little bit on it. So people who don't want the hassle of selling boats, um, I've probably got a stack of nine or 10 used boats in here already from trade in. So uh, are pe those, people are pumped on it. No, I, I dude, I, lo I love the business model. And, uh, you know, like I, like I mentioned, Don had, had I'd seen his business model up around the, you know, Maryland um, area. And, but, you know, being here in the Southeast, I don't think there's anybody doing something like that, like doing like new and used boats and like that. Right. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's a little weird because I'm not in a, you know, I'm not in a major metropolitan area. I'm not close to a major metropolitan area, but I am close to all the good boating in North Alabama. So all those people from, you know, Huntsville, Birmingham, even Atlanta and Chattanooga who come over yeah. here to paddle every weekend. They're coming cool. by the shop after they paddle to pick up a boat or, or whatever, a helmet, PFD, whatever. Do you ship? I'm trying not to ship too much. I am shipping smaller items. Uh, you know, I had a batch of hookers in and they went quick and I shipped some of those out because people were looking for them. Love my um, hookers. And they're cheap to ship. But yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to spend all, all every day at the post office. So I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm true. not trying to do a bunch of shipping. And I certainly don't want to ship boats or paddles. I mean, that's just yeah. cost prohibitive. And you, you mentioned there you're in Alabama around the creek. So, uh, tell the people where exactly in Alabama you are. Like, Yeah, I'm right just north of Little River Canyon. So the, the put-in for the West Fork of the Little is about three-tenths of a mile from my place here. And I'm about 12 minutes to the suicide put-in at Little River Canyon. Yeah, I knew um, that. Yeah, I know. I've been down there. That's, that's an awesome area. You're right on that canyon rim, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm about 12 minutes north of there. But, um, yeah, I mean, all those runs are within 20 minutes of here. Pretty much all the runs in this area. What's close, one of your so. – um, on the Alabama creeks there, what's one of the top creeks in Alabama that you think – I consider you my Alabama expert. That's for damn sure. So, as far as, like, all the <laughs> runs around there, you know, obviously LRC, everyone knows about that. You know, it's everywhere. Yeah. But what else out there would you, would you say, okay, if you come to Alabama and you could time a good rain event, you've got to hit this run? One of those for certain is, uh, I think, an underrated run is uh, Teddy Bear. You know, it's just called Bear Creek, but we call it Teddy Bear since the Hairy Bear is, is only 20 minutes away as well. But uh, Teddy Bear has an upper and lower section. Um, on the right rain event, you can link those sections together. So you put in on upper Teddy Bear, and it's like eight feet wide and tiny. Wow. And by the time you paddle all the way to Kenyon Mouth Park, you've paddled 13 miles, and you've dropped 800 feet of elevation, and you're – paddling out on the second half of lrc at like 10 grand after you put in on this micro creek up on oh, the this is a lrc tributary it is it yeah, is okay. so the upper teddy bear is like three-ish miles and has a yeah. bunch of has like four big slides and a handful of good rapids and then lower teddy bear is more like bouldery rapids for another three miles and then you paddle out six miles on lrc when it's pretty flooded so it's like grand canyon wave trains and when those link up at the right levels where you can link those things together, you get the 13 mile, 800 foot drop and nothing over class four. Wow. That's, um, you know, that's it's like, awesome. 
is it, it crazy? Nothing's trying to kill you. If there's no yeah. wood, nothing's what about portage? No portages or anything? Zero, zero portages. Wow. So you could just have a great day of paddling right there. It is one of the best days of class four around. Um, another go-to around here that's also really fun with nothing, no portages and nothing trying to kill you is I like to do uh, South Saudi and Short Creek in the same day. Um, if mm. they're both kind of high, we'll drive over to Sand Mountain. We'll do Short Creek first because uh, it's got a lake paddle and you want to bust that out while you're still fresh. And a lake paddle before the, the run? After, after two okay. mile paddle yep. out at the end of Short. Oh, then, yeah, um, similar like the Section 4 of the Chattooga. Yeah, like a, about the same sufferer factor. Yeah, that sounds about yeah, <laughs> not too bad. Too you know, yeah. it takes not crazy takes 50 bad. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you go to South Saudi. It's got an easy put in and take out, and it's a it's six or seven miles too of class four. So when both of those are high, that's another really a day where you can really get like 13, 14 miles of good class four um, with nothing nothing too scary. And that's that's my jam. Like long, lots of good rapids. I nothing agree. too scary like it's hard to beat i love you can it. do a lot of boat scouting yeah, yeah yeah i mean there's a couple um like there's one like 15 ish foot on uh short you know you've probably seen pictures of it people usually like to mm -hmm. scout that in their first time down but if they're good boaters i like to take them off it with no scout it's just it's it's fun to just ramp into it and like just boof it it's it's only 15 feet it's good yeah and people you know you know it's that it's clean yeah exactly yeah. it's yeah you know that there's no trees and it's clean and then all of these runs you're going to need a lot of water do you use the lrc as your gauge for these runs so um the stream beam project which uh you might be familiar with stream beam it's some alabama guys started it they're putting electronic gauges on some of these creeks um and it's basically like a laser measuring device that they're putting on a bridge to measure the distance between the water and the bridge is that, is that online it is. It's on Alabama Whitewater's flow page on alabamawhitewater.com. So they, they have, uh, it's a nonprofit. Like I'm, you contribute as a member and you get to vote on where the next yeah. gauge goes. It's awesome. You should probably have those guys on, but they, uh, they've put one on Johnny's Creek. They've put one on Teddy Bear. They've put one on Short Creek. So yeah. we suddenly have these like private electronic gauges that are online, uh, you know, and they're still correlating them because they haven't been on that long. But it's a brilliant idea, and it's really taking some of the guesswork out of some of these creeks to be able to, even if, even if we don't know what the correlation is yet, you start to see that online gauge spike, and then I drive over to Johnny's, and by the time I get there, it's, it's got a level that I can report on the painted gauge. Yeah, let's see if we, could, if we could pull this up, because can you see that on your screen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you go over to the left column where it says flow page, um, about halfway down, yep. And so then, for uh, everybody see, listening... It's um, it's alabamawhitewater.com. It, it looks like someone's just kind of like set it on streambeam.net. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. And looking at this, how, how am I reading no, this no. here? Yeah, so like uh, Johnny's Creek Gauge at the top there, you can see right now it says negative 0.85 feet. Okay. Um, you want that one to be you know minus two inches to plus two inches on the old painted gauge is kind of the standard levels um so when this thing's coming up you'll see it like get closer and closer to zero and on johnny's they managed to get the zero reading very accurate so when it gets up to zero it's definitely like zero on the painted old school paddler's gauge uh, it's it's less accurate once it gets beyond two inches away from zero but but it's pretty great, and it updates every 15 minutes instead of once an hour like USGS. You're but right. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm liking the looks of this, man. 
it's pretty rad. And the only downside really to their, what they're doing is that it, they are running it off cell towers and every, so they have to have a little cell line for every gauge, you know, which is cost costing them money, of course, as an organization. It also means they can't put one anywhere that doesn't have cell service. Um, so for example, uh, like at teddy bear, mm-hmm. there's not much cell service at the put in for lower teddy bear. So they just yeah. went a mile upstream to a different bridge where there was cell service and put one there. Uh, so and just kind of correlated it like yeah they just, yeah. yeah well that's pretty good so that's is so that's what you would suggest everyone use if they're trying to plan a trip to Alabama is this Alabama whitewater page yeah I mean the stuff right here like Little River Canyon itself of course has a good USGS gauge on it yeah. and we use the USGS gauge on Little River to correlate when the West Fork the Little is going to run which is like a fun it's like a fun three plus kind of play run really good half slice run when it's high. Yeah, um, that's right here by the house, um, and it uh, we correlate that off LRC, but most of the other runs, you know, you either got to look in person or they're adding those stream beam gauges to them, which is nice. Yeah, that that's not something I I have been to um, Alabama Whitewater, but I didn't really kind of think about how that works. They're putting these gauges on there that just bounce to cell phone towers and gives an update yeah. every fifteen minutes. Yeah, so StreamBeam has started their own nonprofit. They're a 501c3 now, and it's like AW. You pay a yearly membership, and if mm-hmm. you're a member, you can vote on where the next gauges go. And if and you can pay more to have like a five votes instead of one. There's so many so runs they, that could use that. Right, like they they've <laughs> already started doing a couple in Tennessee. I think they put one on the Piney on uh, Walton Street. Yeah, um, uh, Spring um, Creek first uh, over in Spring one. City. Yeah, Spring City, the Piney, Duskin, uh, Stinging Fork, all of that kind of comes in. Yeah, the Chattanooga guys were saying, like, let's get one on Piney because it correlates to so many other things. So they started joining and contributing money and getting to vote, and now now they've got one on Piney. Well, there you go. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's kind of democratic, you know? Yeah, I like it. I like it, man. That's a that's a pretty good concept. Yeah. Um, so so two um you said Teddy Bear, put that one on the list. And what was the other one? Short Creek? Short the short Saudi combo. They're both really good. I like to just like to do them in the same day to make it like really big long day yeah um but yeah short short and saudi over on sand mountain and then over here like upper lower teddy bear both super high i mean i think johnny's creek gets more press around here because it's like steep and has like very photogenic slides and rapids that's true um but uh you know if it's at a good level teddy bear is way longer and has way more rapids yeah. it's not quite as steep not i've as seen your slides. videos and for everybody yeah. listening, you know, Adam has a YouTube channel and I've seen your videos of your teddy bear. You posted those and shared them on your Facebook and different areas. So I've seen the run. I just wanted everybody yeah. to know what to run. I've never paddled it, you know, because it's so hard to kind of like, um, number one, Alabama's a little bit of a drive for me. And then I have to plan it around a big rain event that's moving. Yeah. through. You're right there. So you're like, oh, I'll just go do it. Yeah, it's, it's like me, you know, I've never done overflow and it's the same thing. It's like just far enough away that it's like, hard to catch it or know it's going to be in the next day to like make your move on a Friday night, you know, and the, I've never the, done overflow and, I, and I've really, all that driving. Day. Yeah. All that driving <laughs> potentially getting stuck skunk. <laughs> right. Right. It's like, yeah. it's right at four hours for me. And it's yeah. just a little far to like get a Creek that doesn't run like for very long. You know? Yeah. And, and that's where another one overflow is kind of hard to correlate. We just have to kind of watch rain data you know, one of them stream nets, that would work really well there too. You'd know exactly yeah. overflows running. This is what it is. We probably got a, like a day to get it and all that. So yeah, man, 
Um, yeah, so moving on from Alabama Creeks, you know, another, you know, a little farther south, I guess, is a place called Dominican Republic. You're one of the yeah. few people, um, you kind of like, I know there probably been crews made it down there, but you, you kind of like pioneered some stuff down there, didn't you? Tell us yeah, a little bit about do, Dominican. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done any first ascents down there, but um, there was some exploration there in the 90s. And what really put the seed in my mind is a couple of those old Twitch videos with Teo Berman. They, they go down to Dominican Republic and they run some stuff. And so it was always in the back of my head. It's like, it's, you know, it's right there. It's not that far away. The flights are short and relatively cheap. Um, warm. And I was like, man, yeah, it's warm. <laughs> and um, so I, I always kind of had it in my mind as an, as a destination. And, uh, I went down for the first time in 2015 and we got a lot of good information from, uh, this guy, Doc Grata, who actually showed Teo and those guys around when they were on the Island. Uh, local. he used to live. No, he, he used to live down there. He's an American, but he used to live down there, um, for about a decade. And he used to guide some trips, mostly okay. Europeans, but some Americans too. And he, he lives back in the States now, but he gave us such detailed information on some of the like mandatory portages that it probably like really saved us a lot of but, miserable <laughs> jungle time, you know, possibly even saved your life. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, but we got a, got a lot of good info from him and did a lot of, uh, you know, legwork and getting lost a bit on that first trip. Uh, and I've been back four times since then, most recently this past July. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not like Mexico or Ecuador where there's like a lifetime of battling to be had. It's like a week or two at the right time of year, you can hit all the classics. Um, what and, time of know, year? Do, um, October and May are the best two months, but I just went in July and we ended up having decent water. It's, um, uh, but yes. The, you just, you have to time it with a storm. Is that, or is there a season? Uh, um, their, their rainy season is the fall. Um, it's a, you know, well, I take that back. The rainiest month is May and the second rainiest month is October. So there's kind of two seasons. And then the third and fourth rainiest months are April and November. So I guess April, May, and then October, November are the traditional ones. But um, NOC used to run a few trips down there and Jason McClure used to guide them. And he was the one who told me, like, he said, we used to go in the summer with NOC's youth program and it was, we always had water. So we tried a wow. summer trip this year at the end of July and it ended up being pretty decent water. So I don't know. I mean, who knows? I mean, if you look at the data, July shouldn't be a great time to go, but it was good. I mean, we had some rain. Um, it wasn't high by any means, but it, I've, I've been there when it was lower in November, which is supposed to be a good month, you know? What is, uh, what runs, what area of the Dominican Republic? So as far as yeah. the whole, what area? Um, so we always fly down Southwest since they let you check kayaks so easily. And they only fly into Punta Cana, which is on the far like Eastern end of the Island. And it's yeah. about five hours from where the whitewater is. So we fly into Punta Cana, rent a truck, you know, there's no infrastructure there for renting boats or shuttles or anything. You got to be self-sufficient. So you got to bring your own stuff. You got to rent a truck. Um, and so then we drive to Harabacoa, which is a little mountain town. I guess you would call it a small city. Um, but so, this little mountain town of Harabacoa is up in the middle part of the Island. Um, yeah, if you see where it says La Vega, a yeah. little bit west of La Vega, if you zoom in, you'll probably see Parabacoa. Uh, some, some good mountain, some good mountainous yeah, they, areas. Look at that mountain They got a 10,000-foot peak in the middle of the island. You're kidding me. So there right? are 10, there's 10,000 feet of gradient right there. I mean, you so fly into the coast at sea level. There's snow here? Is there, no, are they snow it doesn't snow. 
it doesn't snow. They're not quite high enough. Um, you know, being in the Caribbean, I mean, maybe, maybe they occasionally get snow, but the, that 10,000 foot uh, Pico Duarte is the name of it. It's in the middle of the island and there's other mountains almost as tall around it. And so that's the area you want to be in. That's where the gradient is. And that's, that's where uh, that the town of Herbico is where we base out of. Um, and then we hit those runs around there. Which is a little bit, you said it's, it's like uh, west of that La, La Vega. Yeah, I think if you zoom in a little bit where La Vega is, it'll probably pop up. It's not quite up in the higher mountains, but uh, well, maybe not. It's somewhere <laughs> somewhere around there. Yeah. Oh, there's Pico Duarte. Um, that's the tall mountain. Um, this poor Pico, Pico Duarte. Yeah, Pico Duarte is the, that's pr probably the start of the hike to hike up that 10,000 foot peak. It's like a pretty common like trekking destination, I guess you would say. They have like guided treks to the top. Yeah, um, so the, so all of the kayaking is right here. Yeah, well, all the stuff we've done is is within a couple hours of Herbacoa. Um, you know, that guy, Dog, who lived there, he said that there's really like 60 or 70 sections of whitewater in this country, but he said you know, 90% of them, you're not going to catch if you don't live there. It's like, you know, it's like trying to catch some micro Creek in East Tennessee or North Alabama. You're you not going to be right on top live of there it. for you. Right. Uh, so the stuff that's like more reliable to catch at the right time of year is all within a couple hours of Herbacoa. Cause that's where the mountains are. What, uh, what kind of class rating, what's kind of like the geography there? Yeah, it's, it's mostly lower volume class four creeks. So um, you know, nothing higher volume, nothing real pushy, um, and and not a ton of like class five. I mean, the stuff they run in those old Twitch videos. I mean, cer they certainly found some some class five, but most of the stuff you runs class four, uh, with the exception of a few things, a uh, few couple sections of the um, Rio Himanoa. It's got some really cool canyons on it that uh, some of which are pushing the class five for sure. It's certainly class five setting. You're in a slot canyon in the middle of nowhere in Dominican what's, Republic. Like what's kind of nobody's a, coming to help you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's like that in a lot of these runs, huh? <laughs> right. You get in trouble. You're on your own, buddy. <laughs> There's no rescue yeah. squad we can call up. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, what yeah. is uh what's the number one run that you would tell people to look for down there? Say, okay, if you only had to do one, do this one. Um the, the Rio Yaque del Norte, it's the longest river in the country, and it comes off the slope of those highest mountains. Yeah. It's got like six different sections of whitewater, um, and they're all pretty good. Like, you know, some of them are more like four minus, some are more like four plus, a couple individual class five rapids. But for the most part, it's like a class four paradise. There's a bunch of sections of that run or that river um, that are all good, and they're all easy striking distance from town. Uh, the more class five crowd, the staircase section of the Himanoa, it's really cool. It's a, it's a slot Canyon with some drops yeah. in there. There's like some man mandatory portaging. There's a real scary mandatory portage at the end. Um, but you know, you got throw and go off the cliff, jump back in the Canyon kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then you paddle out to this dam and you have to hike up like 900 concrete steps out of the Canyon to get out of the dam. Yeah. Is Rim. that, does that dam have any releases on it on the other side? No, no, it's, it's a hydroelectric dam, but the, the section after the dam drops like a thousand feet in the next mile. Um, mm -hmm. and it is insane. Um, I don't know. I don't think any section of that is runnable, but down much further downstream, there is a lower section of that that's runnable. And there's an upper section above the slot Canyon that we yeah. do as well. And it's, it's not quite as hairy and not quite as locked in. 
how is it um i i take it that they're all spanish speaking right or is there like yeah. their own native language up there no it's all spanish and uh you know out by the coast where it's like all beach towns there's enough people who speak english that it's uh easy to get around um they even take dollars some places but up in the up in Harabacoa, there's very few english speakers um and they don't they don't want to take dollars up there you got to get dominican pesos and um if you're out, you know, the further, like anywhere, the further out you are, the yeah. less likely they are to take cards. So you that happened local currency. That happened to us when we went to Mexico. They wouldn't even take <laughs> once we, the further down we went, they just like, I don't, I have no use for dollars, bro. Yeah. They're like, it's, it's more problem for me to go exchange that dollar <laughs> than it is for me to just not sell you that coat. Yeah. So you're like, uh, anybody got a peso? <laughs> but, um, yeah, man. What about, are they pretty receptive to paddlers and like Americans? I mean, you know, some countries they're like, wait, well, you're on my land. Are they pretty good about that in that region? Yeah. Everybody we've run into is, has been really friendly. Um, there, there is one section of the Yaki del Norte they commercially raft. And I think because they see the rafters doing that section and there's people who work as raft guides, they're a little more familiar with it. So even though they don't have a lot of kayakers, like you're, you're probably not going to see the other kayakers while you're there. Um, they're, they're, they do see kayakers come through, and I think they have a little more receptive to it just because they're used to the rafting, and they're like, oh, these are just little one-person rafts. You know, they, yeah. they don't know we're like you guys are rafting. waterfalls in a slot canyon. Yeah. 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 We, we showed our shuttle driver some pictures, and it was blowing his mind. You know, he was like, he's like what? That's on that river? Like, you know, it's exhausting. Because he can't access it, right? He, he doesn't right, know. Right. Yeah. There's no um, way into that slot canyon on the on the on the Himanoa unless you're in a boat. So, they don't what is um, there, what's what would you recommend? What are the like the dangers there? Then is the is there like poison snakes, poison spiders? I mean, outside That's being very outside being very remote. You know, obviously a yeah. broken back or broken leg or something would be really bad, huh? But um, what what would you yeah. recommend? And as not, far as viruses I, or anything. There's not a, supposedly there's not venomous snakes on the island at all, which is pretty awesome. Um, if you, if you look it up, like on a university website about venomous snakes, they will say there's no venomous snakes in Dominican Republic. If you ask the people there, they're like, well, some, some show up every once in a while that have come in somehow, but historically there were none, which is pretty nice. Yeah. You know, not compared to like Mexico or somewhere that's got um, you know, fertilances that'll kill yeah, you for, in 10 yeah. minutes. Like <laughs> you get bit, yeah, you get bit by a fertilance out on like the, you know, big banana. You're probably not going to make it, buddy. No, I, no, mean, I mean, yeah, that's terrible. Probably. I don't know. So, I hope, I hope so, but you know, I hope you're fine. But, um, that's what I was just curious if there's anything, what about as far as like, you know, like Africa has got like malaria problems and all that. I was talking to my buddy Matt about that. And what is there, is there anything like that down in the Dominican Republic that you got to worry about? I mean, in, in theory, the whole, um, you know, Caribbean area has malaria and like some of those other mosquito borne diseases, but the bugs just aren't bad. And it just hasn't, none of that's been an issue for any of the the five trips I've done there. Like, um, I'm, I'm surprised it's not more buggy, What uh, is? but the, it's just not, it's not bad at all. How's the temperature been like, cause you're mostly in the mountains. Is it like still dry and hot or what? Yeah. So the, the first four trips that we did there were in November and December. And so we were getting like daytime temps in the mid to upper seventies, nighttime temps in the mid sixties, sometimes low sixties. That's nice. Uh, when we just went in July. Yeah. When we, That's my comfort perfect. zone. That's comfort zone for this old guy. <laughs> And when we went in July, it was like only about 
eight or 10 degrees warmer day and night. So, you know, it was getting into mid eighties during the day, but it was still dropping down to like low seventies at night. I mean, it just wasn't bad. We, we paid up for a uh, air conditioned room because it was July, but I've stayed there in the winter uh, without air conditioning, just a ceiling fan and been What's fine. their winter? Is it, is it just it's the same, same as us? Okay. Yeah. Same as us. And it's only about a 10 degree difference because of the altitude. Like, uh, I mean, the elevation where you are in Herbacoa, it's high enough that it stays cool at night, even in the in the summer, even in our summer, which is their summer as well. Is it um, any overnighters on it or is it mostly all just kind of like day trips? Um, it's all day trips and it's all pretty easy striking distance from town. Um, there's a couple things you like you could do an unnecessary overnighter. Um, you know, if you wanted to combine a couple sections and spend a night in the jungle, I haven't done any overnighters down there, but you know, the, the whole country and the whole island isn't that big. So no, even I'm when you feel it, like you're small. remote, yeah, yeah, it's like, I don't know what state it would compare to, but it's like the size of a state. So you can drive across the whole country in seven hours or something. Yeah, what does um, it say? So populations, 10, 10 million population. So it's a pretty populated little spot. Yeah, I, re- I read recently it's the fastest growing economy in the world, which I did not know. Um, but it's, you know, largely driven by tourism which is more prevalent on the coast than up in the mountains but there's tourists in the mountains too a lot it's, of dominican tourists go to the mountainous areas um, it's to get 48, away from the it, it's a, it's almost forty nine thousand kilo square kilometers so you know you could break that down 10 million in forty eight thousand six hundred seventy one square kilometers it looks like it's a little bit almost like it's more condensed version of cuba there it's like, you know, yeah. Cuba's like long, it's like short yeah. and fat. So it's like a little more condensed version of Cuba. Um, I've yeah. seen, I've seen your videos and for everybody listening, you know, you've got some videos on it and you know, it's, it's been on my list forever. It seems like, like what you were saying, it's not a hard thing to do. It's easy. Yeah. It's kind of a, a smash and grab, just boom, go nail it, man. But if you can stay away from the holidays and fly on a non weekend, like our first couple trips down there, we were flying for 400 bucks round trip, you know, and then 75 each way for your boat, um, which is good because you kind of, what airline? there's not a lot of great, uh, Southwest. So we could take boats. So it's 75 each way for Southwest. Um, no what, problems what, there. What city, what city do they land at? The Santi, Santi uh, Domingo? Puticana is, no, unfortunately they don't fly to either of the cities that are closer to the whitewater. They only fly to the far Eastern end of the Island where Puticana, which is like the major, beach destination so um it, in some ways it's kind of nice because we spend the first and last night on the coast like looking at the caribbean drinking beer you know like eating seafood and then the rest of the your, time you're up in the mountains do you rent your own car or do you bus no we 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 rent a truck um uh, all five trips i've done we've we've rented a pickup four-wheel drive truck four-door you know, take four kayakers and then we hire a driver. There's two different guys I've used as drivers down there that, you know, came recommended through other contacts. And, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty good. Like it's not, it's not like Ecuador where you can show up and rent boats and, and use taxis. Um, so you kind of have to have your own vehicle so at least, at least right now, nobody there's, there's zero cars. paddling scene down there. Would you say there's zero, like no local paddlers uh, or nothing other than the commercial rafting there's like, uh, we heard there's like one guy around Herabacoa, a Dominican guy who kayaks, but I've never met him. Like I keep hearing of him that he exists. They're like, oh, do you know so-and-so? We're like, no, we never don't. heard of him. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's really not like I, 
you're not going to see many other kayakers there. The only kayakers I've ever seen there that weren't in our group was uh, John Moore and some of that West Virginia crew came down yeah. in 2019 while we were there. Um, oh, you just kind of, yeah. We crossed paths with them for two days. We were John, about yeah. to leave yeah. and they just got into town. Um, yeah, they, they did a trip down there in 2019 and we, we overlapped for a couple of days and we're staying at the same hotel in Harabacoa. Um, there's not a ton of good like tent camping options. Uh, so you end up like there are some hostels or you just stay in a cheapish hotel. I think we were paying like 45 bucks a night for a room with three, with three beds. Like that's pretty wow. nice split three wow. ways. That's not Holy bad. Crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah it, this, this, this area has been on my list for years and it's one of those I'll probably do kind of like that, man. Just kind of like, see if I can round up a couple of people and just jump in and, and just like knock this one out. Um, is I'll there, go back with you. I like it down there, <laughs> dude. I, I I know you've been you've been. I definitely love to go down there with you. You're a good guy to travel with, that's for sure. So you're you're very knowledgeable and you plan things out. And I like your paddling style. <laughs> I'm like I can deal with this. <laughs> yeah. So um, is there anything else um, down in any anything else you want to talk about on Dominican Republic? No, I mean I think it's awesome. I, I uh, it's a it's a shame there isn't a um more of a local paddling scene there. And I wish there was a way to like start teaching some of those folks who work as raft guides on that Yaque del Norte, how to paddle. I don't know how to do it, but you know, like the uh, Sarah Solsa's brothers have that program where they teach locals how to paddle in some of these destinations. I keep dreaming, like daydreaming of some way to do that there because it could turn into, yeah, it could turn into like, a way for them to make money if they could guide kayakers who are coming into town. And I'd, I'd them get and one like that. Wouldn't like, you? I'd pay a guy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I never, like if we could have had someone like that on our first time there, it would have saved us a lot of time, like figuring it out ourselves, you know? Yeah. I think uh, wasn't that, isn't that how we did it in Mexico? A Cedro? Yeah. Well, that? a Cedro yeah. paddled with us a little bit and luckily we ran into Julian who had showed us down. Julian, the German. In, yeah. In Veracruz. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Julian. Thanks yeah. a ton, bud. He, yeah. he showed us down like six runs in six days or something. He was just he was trip. just happy to have other people to paddle with. He was like, let's yeah, go. Yeah. He wanted to it fire it up all the time. It seemed like it was like on the cusp of right before Aventurek blew up. And like I talked to people who were there a few years later and they're like, there was like 60 kayakers there. I was like, we pulled in and there was one our first trip. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And I remember you talking about the, the, the runs, some of the runs had just been paddled a couple years before we'd even got there. Like they were still yeah. kind of, they just pioneered those runs out. Yeah. That I was, I think the first full descent of the Halasinga was like 2008 or 2010. And we went to Veracruz first time in 2012. So it was only a few years earlier. Yeah. Um, and it was all very new, very, almost nobody knew, knew about that area. It was crazy. Yeah. Now it's kind of like, yeah, everybody does. But it's like, we also it's like a went, Mecca now. Yeah. But we also went to the uh, St. Louis Potosi, which a lot of people don't realize, you know, obviously the St. Louis Potosi isn't going to be like the stout, stout whitewater that you're going to yeah. see in the Veracruz, but man, is that immaculate scenery and it's just yeah. really fun kind of just runs. <laughs> Yeah, I was just back down there for Thanksgiving. It's so so beautiful and like has a lot of again a lot of good class four options. You know, there's there's some class five there too, but it's more it, in my mind. San Luis Potosi is more of a class four destination. Veracruz is a more of huck your meat destination. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah, go as big as you want to go in Veracruz. And, yeah, I always uh, say it can make you or break you, buddy. You can be a superstar. Or you can woo. It could end really bad for you. So yeah. Uh, Veracruz is somewhere where you can just like send it 
uh, St. Louis Potosi was just more like chill, kind of hanging out, drinking some yeah. cervezas, nice crystal blue yeah. water. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, if anybody listening, you know, think if you're thinking of Mexico, don't be afraid to put that St. Louis Potosi on your list and knock those runs out. I highly recommend them. It's going to be yeah. scenic. You could take, like, you, you don't have to take – it's not, like, the stoutest of stout runs. So, yeah, almost anybody can go and paddle them. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And, and it's closer. If you're doing a drive-down trip, um, San Luis Potosi is like eight or nine hours closer than Veracruz. So like this, this one we just did at Thanksgiving, we only had a nine day window, including travel. So very, you know, a drive down trip to Veracruz really wasn't even an option. We you drove, drove again? Luis yeah. We drove to San Luis Potosi, you know, straight through. We basically, we boated six days with 26 hours of driving on both ends and, uh, it's totally awesome. worth it. That's what we did Thanksgiving week. That's Got good. Six days on the water, drove both ways, you know, had a six person crew and, and two vehicles um and it, it was great it was another good time where um well is there anywhere where you're eyeballing right now adam do you have something in mind like oh, i want to go here so bad where, where are you i eyeballing? got so many notes i got so many notes on different <laughs> places i you know uh sometimes i just think about places i could potentially paddle that southwest flies because they're so easy to deal with with kayaks and they fly okay. into belize and there's a little bit of white water in belize so i've been thinking about going to poke around there you know they fly into Puerto Rico, and there's a few things there. They fly into Havana now, and Havana's at the wrong end of the island, but there's some mountains on the other side of Cuba, and that same guy who gave us a lot of info on the DR said he'd give us the bait on Cuba if we want to go. So I, ah, it'd be so cool to get to Cuba before it gets all commercialized, you know? Yeah, I'm looking at that now. There's a big mountain chain right there. You're right, a little bit west of Havana. Yeah, yeah. You, you get out there on the on the other end of the island there's some more and I, I don't know all those places are appealing to me you know and it, it's it's just interesting I, yeah, I like the, warm weather yeah you <laughs> fell in love with the caribbean i don't blame you man i love yeah. <laughs> and what do you do you do you even take a dry suit when you go what do you take a like a like a dry top shorty i usually take a shorty shorty the whole time yeah you know every once in a while i'll regret that like our last day in mexico this year I could I don't know why, but our last day it got cold and we were we were all wearing shorties, but we were like, man, it's kind of kind of chilly. It's like just just warm enough to get by with the shorty, but I kind of wished I had a long sleeve. The um yeah, what was I what what boat? So you know you just take a creek boat every time you go. Yeah. 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 I mean, Dominican Republic and San Luis Potosi, you know, there's not much play. It's all it's yeah. all creek and so you might as well take a creek boat and be able to carry up carry lots of stuff. More stuff. Gear. Yeah, feel a little safer. Yeah. yeah. What's um? Yeah. What's one of your What's one of your favorite boats right now? I I mean, just disclaimer. I know you're a Piranha fanboy, so <laughs> you're one of the OGs. Yeah. You've been with Piranha for a while, dude. Uh, what's What's one of your favorite boats? Like your go to boat right now? Man, I've been paddling mostly the Scorch since May, the large. Um, but then in the last month or so, I've been back in the Macno. Um, Classic. not for any real reason. Except, yeah, I, I took, I decided to take it to Mexico because I knew I was going to carry a breakdown and first aid kit and GPS and all this crap in the boat. And, um, I'm, I'm heavy for the large scorch. Uh, I'm probably 15 pounds over the recommended max and it paddles mm -hmm. great for me empty, but if I got to carry a bunch of junk, I'm a little heavy for it. So going back to the Macno 98 gallons, I can throw that stuff in the back and not even notice. Um, and then it's, it's just been in the, in, on the truck. So I just been <laughs> continuing to paddle it almost daily since we got home so yeah <laughs> nothing wrong yeah. with a mock note yeah because it's got you know and, and it's more displacement it's a little yeah. softer on its landings 
if you come off something and yeah. land a little flat, I can only, you it's, know, it's, it's a little wide under the knees. And I feel like it, it stings me a little bit on the landing because it's so wide. Like I think the 9R lands softer than the Macno or the Scorch. Um, but yeah, the 9R large. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 9R2. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's narrow and uh, a little rounder than the Scorch and a little narrower than the Macno. And I think it's the softest landing off drops of like the Piranha Creek boats. But, um, yeah, no, I, I love I love all three. I go back and forth between all of them. I really, I swear, if that large scorch was ten more gallons, it would probably be the only thing I paddled because I really? absolutely love it. It's it's, it's more great. of an all arounder than I thought it would be. Like you know, it surfs well, it spins well. I'm even getting some splats in it in the right spots. I've seen I've seen your splat video. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I don't know. It's more of an all arounder than I thought it would be, and I'm really enjoying it. And the only drawback for me is that it, I'm a little heavy for it. And, uh, you know, and like there's you other said, solutions there, like starting to run or something. But Yeah, well, that's not an option. <laughs> yeah. So, no, like you said, and also, but when you start loading them down with breakdown paddles, a, you know, a first aid kit, food, yeah. and you start loading things down, yeah, you people don't realize you, you just added 15, 20 pounds of extra to your boat. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a boat yeah, like I mean, the Scorch. On, yeah, you put those edges way low in the water. Yeah, the Scorch with like nothing in the back still paddles very well for me. But if I got to carry a breakdown and first aid kit and you know all the all the safety stuff I take on a bigger trip, um, it's a I'm a little heavy for it. Yeah, uh, and that's not that's no knock on the boat. That's just a knock on my waistline. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can all I hey, I get that, but <laughs> well, well, yeah, Adam. You know, in, in closing, I guess that's it. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to bring up? Nah, man, I'm I'm glad to chat. I'll talk I'll talk boats anytime. I uh, I've been enjoying the podcast. I haven't seen the last up couple episodes, but I've watched all the other ones, and uh, I'm digging it. I like what you're up to, and yeah, um, man happy to come on and talk appreciate it man <laughs> yeah and that's what i kind of wanted to do with this i just wanted to talk to you know just you know everyday paddlers that i paddle with and you know we could talk kayak design we could talk rivers we could talk trips and just like bullshit all damn time so yeah, yeah. um I, yeah I'm, I'm glad you took the time and come on dude yeah man i appreciate you having me i love it we'll do it again sometime and think of some other topics <laughs> yeah so so how can people get a hold of you here you do have a youtube page i know because i'm subscribed to it yeah yeah youtube my youtube page is uh you know youtube.com slash granola paddler if anybody wants to check that out i'm on instagram as uh adam goshorn also downhill kayaking has instagram now and facebook downhill kayaking or adam goshorn those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me uh, for boating or purchasing or whatever. Yeah. And you will, and, and possibly have a website coming into the next year too. So yeah, guys yeah. sometime this year, downhillkayaking.com will, will appear sometime yeah. this year. So, all right, Adam, well, I appreciate you, man. And yeah, good luck with all that. And, you know, I'll definitely, um, push people your way. Anytime people start asking about boats and stuff, I, I follow your, um, downhill kayaking page there. So I kind of see what you put on there. So, all right, man, you take it easy, dude. Thanks for coming awesome. on, man. All right, see you, man. Thanks, Wade. All right. Have a good one.